and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today it is the TPOE Christmas party, though I'm not sure what that exactly means, but I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Ashling O'Riordan. Hello. And Keelan Sherlock. Hello. How are you guys doing about two weeks out from Christmas? Don't say that, that's terrifying. <laughs> you got all your presents bought? No. No, I've got I've got zero presents bought. Yeah. Oh. Do you I've need any tips? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, what do we get you? Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> well, I got you mince pies for, for the party. You did, they okay, were very good. I hope uh, none of my family or girlfriend listen to this, but I would find it much easier to buy Owen a present than anyone I've known for over 30 years now. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I'd just like a record. Yeah, well, I knew that. You know, That's like any record. I, there's no one uh, uh, close to me that I can buy a record for. None of them have record players. Oh. You buy them a record player? Hold, hold... Hold the presses, guys. I think I know what I'm getting everyone for Christmas. Watch out, <laughs> the Sherlock family. The Sherlock <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so how was uh, 2019 for you guys? It, it seems like it's been a big year. We're recording this uh, in the Kino at the moment, the newly reopened Kino, which uh, both of you guys are working for. Yes. Yeah, we're working for it indeed. Working, working. Um, 2019 was busy. It was really, I was actually thinking about this a while ago, like it's the busiest year I've ever had, but also like in a weird way, the most managed because I kind of had to decide to manage my life a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got an actual job now, so that... Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yes, I do have an actual job. I'm not going <laughs> to say otherwise on a podcast that my bosses will listen to. <laughs> Hi, Ed and Joe. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. I only really, on the walk here, was like, holy crap, I guess, like, we, we did quarter block party in February, Jeez, and then yeah. it takes a village, we both work on that, oh. and then I was like, I released an EP around then, and then started doing solo stuff, and then opened the Kino in the summertime, and I was like, Yeah, and then, like, oh after, boy. I went from straight from It Takes a Village to Open Ear, to Glastonbury with Block 9, and then back, and then the lads were like, lol, we're going to open a new venue, and I was like, okay, cool, let's do this, and then that's literally been our lives since yeah, isn't it that was like yesterday no it's yeah. four months later yeah but it is it's going really well um it's very it's very nice having a venue again mm. like i forgot that because we both worked in the pavilion as well back in the day and uh back in the day back in the day it's very nice to have somewhere to put on your your favorite bands and go see them um and have a pint in you know yeah, and serve the pint. <laughs> I've I've been saying like since it opened, not just because you're here and on the podcast and we're friends, but um, I think it's great to have the keynote back. I think it's a really good job, and uh, I've been delighted to do a couple of live podcasts here as well. And uh, yeah, ju- it's just uh been a really good year for um music in general and i think specifically just like getting this place opened again is a really good venue and uh the reopened cypress avenue as well which has been open about a year now i think cork venues now seem like they're okay like i don't know if you guys ever think about this but i always feel like geez there there was a dip after the pav that after the pavilion um, closed and you know it kind of reopened and closed and reopened yeah. again but um, it seems now we're on a level footing at the moment and who knows if we get an event centre you know like oh we can never complain about, <laughs> a venu- uh, about the venues in Cork yeah, we can't complain about the lack of an event centre when we have one right um, yeah I think I think it's, it's funny to see like a lot of people say this that like Dublin is going through such a tumultuous time and it feels like a little bit the opposite here um, but it's exciting. It's exciting to have new places and actually to see that happening. You're making a third bro. What do you What do you think? I'm just thinking. It's in? yeah. I guess yeah. It is. It's a really no. Right now, it's really good uh, that there's sort of like small venue to medium sized venue to a bit bigger. Um, from the perspective of 
musicians, like Cork-based musicians, there's a very clear, ah, not even Cork-based, but if you're a, a, an Irish band touring, there's a very clear uh, where where you would play and how many tickets you'd be trying to sell. So you've got, you know, Collins, you've got here, you've got Cypress Avenue, you've got Live at St. Luke's, um, Opera House. There's very, like, a really good um, foundation, I guess. But there is still that missing, like, after Cypress Avenue between, say, if you're if you're not a sitting down band, there still is that gap between Cypress Avenue and the, you know, seats out in the opera house. You know, there is, like, it goes from 500 to 1,200, you know. You're missing yeah, that, like, 800 <coughs> sweet spot, you know. Yeah, if you're going to do one and you step up, you're going to do the next thing, though, I think. You're not going to be a band who goes from, like, 600 to 800. You're going to go, like, Hear that, three. bands. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure you're on. You're not going to do that. Uh, um, so I guess what we're going to do is I've already recounted my uh, Irish and international albums of the year on the previous couple of episodes with Zara Hederman, but uh, I think that Ashley and Keelan have a great taste of music, obviously, Ooh. because you, you're bookers and uh, you work in music and everything. So I trust your opinion. So you're going to run through uh, some of your favorite albums of the year. And then we're going to talk about uh, our favorite live shows that we've seen as well this year. Maybe just before we do, Keelan, um, you've kind of... Uh, taken a new twist on the solo thing. You used to be called St. Keelan. You kind of uh, recalibrated as <laughs> your own name, Keelan Sherlock. Uh, it seems like it's been a nice move for you. Um, I really like the two new tunes that you put out this year. Thank you very much. I was very flattered to hear both the songs being picked by you and Zara last week. Like Unknown to each other. Um, yes, unknown. That's amazing. You told me that. Well, okay, so you told me at Dingle, but I had a fair few pints... So I you at like four in the morning. You told me at four in the morning. So I genuinely forgot and then was like, oh, I wonder. And uh, was making dinner and listening to the podcast. I went, ooh, <laughs> at my mention of my own name. So that was very flattering. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting move to make, I guess, when I was doing the solo thing. You know, I'd been, I'd been in the Shaker Hymn since I was 16 and was having this collection of songs building up and this sort of uh, anxiety to start doing stuff uh, separate and then I did it but it was like more like just to get the anxiety off my back and so I had a name and I had I just didn't really think about it at all I just wanted to make an EP and, and let people know that I did do things solo and that was great and I went to like a few places I got to go to Iceland and New York and play like shows but it was clear when I came back I played a gig in Berlin and at the end of it was like wow I haven't really thought about that that gig was awkward the songs are about half-baked I don't know what I'm doing. So I kind of took like 12 months to think about it and and fix all the things that were wrong. And then by the time I did that, I was like, I feel like I'm lying when I say Saint Keelan because <laughs> I'm no saint. No, but I, th- I was like, I'm go- I want to do this for good. And what Saint Keelan was, was like a lie. I was I could just drop the saint if I ever thought it wasn't going very well. <laughs> and so then I realized like, well, maybe you should just go under your own name if you're going to be doing that name for the rest of your life. And so it was like stepping out and being a bit more like brave with everything. And so I was way, way more nervous releasing music this year, turned 30 this year as well. It was a big thing that happened to me. Way more nervous releasing music than I've ever been since I was like 16. That's so a lot of music. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was pretty happy that people were into it and pretty happy with how it's going. What, what plans do you have for 2020? I'm trying uh, to finish an album. It's 
I actually, I stupidly put up on Twitter one day, I was like, going into studio and I'll have 70% of it done. And I went into the studio and I put like extra drums on and changed some vocals. And I was like, mm, now I only have 50% of it done. <laughs> Somehow I've got less done <laughs> than at the start of the day. So yeah, it's just going to take a while to get it the way I want. Cool. Uh, you mentioned albums there. I suppose we'll, uh, should we deviate straight into it? Ashling, you've got uh, an ever-increasing list in front of you. So I feel like I'll ask you first if you want to run through some of your favorite albums uh, this year before uh, it, get, it gets too out of hand. Okay, right. This is, this is, I felt a lot of pressure on this because I would say as well, my disclaimer on this is that I am very bad for listening to music when it comes out. So I was like putting stuff in and I was like, that was last year, that was three years ago, that was two years ago. So um, I've tried to, I've tried to keep it to the stuff that I was just listening to on repeat um, this year, which, uh, well, my Spotify thing told me is reward, Kate LeBan. Um, I absolutely love that album because it's. I feel like it's. It's not really a Kate LeBan record in a way. It's like it's. It's. Uh, it's weird in a different way, and it's really like kind of considered and has a lot of room in it. Uh, whereas I think a lot of her previous stuff had so much going on in the background, where this has a lot of like pauses and really long intros, and it's just so regal. Um, Ooh. Regal, yeah. Mm. Didn't I, see I that own one a dictionary. coming. <laughs> um, She's someone that you followed for so long as well. Like, yeah, I actually. Well, I have to give credit to my pal Anne Marie. She was the one who she dragged me to see her at the Guess Who a few years ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, who is this woman?" Um, and then since then, I've been very much invested. So, but yeah, and actually, two of my favorite gigs this year were her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double up on this whole, this whole chat thing, right? That's fine. So. Saw her first gig of the year was, and I think for a lot of people I knew as well, because like literally walked into the reception of the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleer and like saw everyone I knew. <laughs> um, first gig we all went to was Kate LeBond solo there, and it was incredible. She was trying out a lot of songs from the new album. She did one of the most breathtaking covers I've ever heard in my life, which was Waterfalls by Paul McCartney, which again also was one of my most listened to songs this year because of that. Um, and then I got, I was really lucky to see her again in London in June in like one of my favorite venues ever called the um, Village Underground. It's just this really cool kind of kind of cave venue. If you if you've ever been there, you'll be like, yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is, Ashling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, two and like they were very different because the the uh, solo piano show was very much her like being like, oh, I hope these songs are good. Whereas then, like, if anyone has seen her new show, it's like she's kind of she's not really playing guitar that much she's singing and she has she's has all these like moves and kind of really social poses and you're just literally like worshiping her it's it's so good um yeah so that that was uh is that your number one album i think it has to be oh. well like like also i definitely listened to the lizzo album a lot more but that's just because those tunes are absolutely banging but i don't know if i'd consider it one of my favorite albums of the year it's not on lizzo isn't on your list She's on the long list. I'll, oh. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. She's on the long list. But we the won't long list, go into the long list. No, we won't go into the long list. Um, I love Lizzo till the end of time. Do but you, can I, I ask you a question about your love of Lizzo and not being on the list? Yeah. Do you f- do you have some people who are like, they're they're sort of everyday partners, but you don't yes. think of their album as being like an album. It's just something you're doing. I really feel <laughs> with this album no, I, as I well. I don't understand. I, I have a certain person that I listen to a lot. I, I don't need to hide who it is. Uh, the Ariana Grande album, I love doing certain things to, but I don't think of it as an album. I think of it as like what 
helps me get my work done or my uh, get the dishes done. Yeah, or like get up in the morning. Yeah. I literally (laughs) listened to like a girl so many times first thing in the morning and I was just like, I work my feminine, like literally getting myself out of bed. Oh, Um, I have a good way of saying it. It kind of works its way into your day without you knowing that you're putting it on. That's how I, because I I see you listening to Lizzo constantly. I'm very surprised that it's not in your top five. What I would say about it is that I think that the each like there's so many absolute banging tunes on that album, but I just don't feel it's uh like I feel like she achieved what she wanted to achieve this year like ten times over, which is that like because Juice came out in January, which is I think it came out in January, which is crazy. Yeah, which is is crazy. It feels like that was a million bajillion years ago. Um, and even like before Juice came out, like I still remember her being like, "Oh, cool! I hope you like my new video." And then it was like explosion so but I think that the album really was her trying to hit loads of different markers and trying to get loads of different kind of pop audiences engaged um, which I'd see a lot of pop albums doing over the last number of years like not really having a kind of a signature sound but kind of having a this kind of song and, a, and that like when you when you look at the Lizzo album like it's I definitely have listened to it a lot I don't know what I'm on about it is definitely one of my favourite albums <laughs> of the year and I've talked about it already now so here we go do you know what song's not on my top five and it, it's not like that Lizzo album in the, it, it does have a very signature sound it's great I just want to mention it uh, Lana Del Rey album I haven't listened to it oh you're going to love it I can't yeah. get into it or her at all no way yeah, don't like her voice don't like her sound never have holy she doesn't bajonies. like you either oh, no I'm sorry she probably <laughs> well she doesn't, doesn't like music critics anyway eh <laughs> what pop star does these days uh, ju- just before we move away from Lizzo like I remember Owen talking about <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember talking about her on, on the Christmas show that we did uh, last year and we were I think about we Lizzo. were predict- yeah, yeah. And I think that we were predicting like, I was yeah, right she's, she's gonna be good. I don't think any of us predicted that she'd be as huge as she is or seemingly as huge as she is like where do you see the next 12 months going for her do you think she's going to be headlining the likes of Electric Picnic probably headlining a stage at Glastonbury or like well, I mean wh- what's actually, the limit for Lizzo over the next 12 months to go to another one of my favourite gigs of the year which was Lizzo at Glastonbury I was very fucking fortunate to be there I like had to make like Sophie's choices between her and Janet Jackson and I was like you know what I, f- I need Lizzo today <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's some description <laughs> what, what an odd choice uh, what an odd clash but didn't Janet you say like when, when Solange was playing at Primavera they had them on at the same time as well and she yeah. was just like why would you do this why Solange would you? was on stage being like I can't believe you're making me miss Lizzo right yeah, now yeah yeah but <laughs> That gig was incredible. It was exactly what I needed in that moment. I cried, I laughed, I danced, I did. It was just, it was just great, and I feel like it was really a step up for her as well. It was just like, um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I think what's really weird about Lizzo, and I don't think we've seen this happen for a while, is the fact that like all of her biggest songs are from like three to five years ago. Like Good as Hell came out, like I think that came out like four or five years ago. Truth Hurts came out like two or three years ago. Like it's. It's just it kind of proves that like like people are like oh um pop music is so like uh over time and it's like it can be thrown away and it's like no actually like she's she even tweeted recently she was just like oh you think you think that's it you think that's it for me she's like I got a whole album that you haven't even engaged with yet so I think what they'll do is that they'll try and like relaunch the album I wonder like she's got a few Grammy nominations I'd be surprised if she didn't win a couple of those um and then that's when you're gonna see. But I actually, I think that they moved quite slow with her this year. You know, you had you had a couple of videos at the start of the year, but then after that, it was just live show, live show. Just, just because Juice didn't stop. It didn't yeah. quit 
at all. And then suddenly she had Truth Hurts, which was number one for was it seven or twelve weeks in America? It and was unbelievable. It was. It, I think it just missed out on being the longest running. It's the longest running uh, number one by a black artist. But then it was just a week behind. Uh, what's that fancy Iggy Azalea? She just oh missed yeah. out on like breaking her record. Oh wow! Yeah. I think like when you look at the way the Olympia thing happened. This is very speculative, but you would imagine that what they did was plan out the year based on how well they thought she was doing and the Olympia f- the kind of venues around the world fit into that. And then, and then, as you were saying, those two singles just blew up and blew up. And like even at Primavera, she was playing one of the smaller stages. Yeah. Uh, the reason I didn't go was because it was so, it was like tucked away. It was oh, far away. Oh, you didn't away. go either? Uh, no, I went to see Solange. Oh. I'm not going to bring up that, the that where that I really was. I was... <laughs> Watching football. <laughs> <laughs> that that was uh, one of my big mistakes of the year. I was like, look, there's no point even trying to get to see uh, Lizzo in this tiny part of Primavera, which is miles away from everything else, just because like everybody who's at this festival will want to go see her. But then everybody who I was with who didn't listen to me rightfully, like got in and seemed to have a great time. And I was like, nobody should ever listen to me again. No, we're, I was, the, I was we're the party poopers of the party poopers, <laughs> <laughs> the primavera party poopers. I'm definitely never going to that festival with you anyway. Um, I yeah, I was I was kind of the same at for for Glastonbury, but I'm I'm kind of glad that I had enough sense to <laughs> to go. What was uh, Glastonbury like? I know that you were working at it, but um, just for listeners, I'm sure that they'd be interested in what it's like maybe to work for and what your d- did you enjoy it as a whole? Maybe just yeah. as a, as a festival. Yeah, I it was definitely an incredible experience for me this year. It was one um it was one I wasn't expecting. Um and even when it happened I was like, Yeah, yeah, this is gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was literally like on the plane there being like, Yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> I'm working yeah. But um as a festival I thought I'd absolutely hate it and I loved it. It's just like it's a proper functioning world, you know, everything is so considered the the kind of punter is the the priority of the festival which i don't see in a lot of like bigger festivals in ireland <laughs> and i think that those festivals could really take note of like the treatment like there's there's like something like 10,000 people employed just to be at the side of the roads being like are you are you okay do you need help they have i think something like is it the population of coventry descends on yeah it's huge like yeah. you, there was i remember so we were on site for like two so the areas working for it was block nine we had two fields which was like in theory it was quite big but then when you look at the map it's like teeny tiny like like not all our stages got named on the map you know um but then i remember like we like you know we were there and we were there during the build and stuff and you'd walk around in the evenings and you'd go up and sit by the pyramid stage at the sunset because there was literally nothing else to do and you go up to the stone circle which is like another big area they do like the big fireworks display up there on the on the wednesday or the thursday which i didn't see cuz i was working but and then and then i remember like on the wednesday i went for a stroll and i was just like doop doop and then i looked to my left uh, to my right i literally pointed right and said left i looked to my right and like there's this main kind of road running through the the middle of the festival and i was just like sweet jesus christ that's the most amount of people i've ever seen in my life <laughs> like it was terrifying i was just like what happened to my beautiful but yeah no i really enjoyed it i i was working nights so i kind of got to see stuff during the day i did spend a lot of time just kind of like hanging out and i went to the healing fields a lot and got really cheap massages for myself to keep me going for those night shifts 
but it's great. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I loved it. And Block Nine is such a, a gorgeous area. The people who work there are incredible, and they're a lovely, like a really, really well functioning team who create these absolutely beautiful stages and experiences for people. They run like. NYC Downlow, which is a really famous kind of gay club in at, in Glastonbury, where people will queue for like five hours to get in and maybe not get in over the night, but they'll try and get in. And like once you're in, you don't leave. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got drag queens and you've got like performers everywhere. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a terrifying place to be in sometimes when you kind of just walk in and you're like, oh, okay. Is there oh, kind of like corporate areas at Glastonbury? Like there probably are, but I, d- I don't think so like some of the bars are a bit like no I, I, I don't I don't I don't know if I'm well equipped to answer that question because I sa- I have a very specific idea yeah but I didn't even make it to like some areas I didn't go to the park stage I didn't ever get up to John Peel because it was the opposite end of everything for us but um like it doesn't feel as corporate as other festivals may feel if you if yeah you know no, what I'm, I was saying. Just, I'm thinking because like I was there when I was a teenager and I definitely wasn't thinking about have festivals going corporate or not i was like wow but it's hard it's harder to swallow something like the healing fields when there's also like a a vape tent or whatever around the corner from it and stuff like that so didn't i didn't see a vape tent if that's okay. any uh if that's any just checking out the yeah. vape tent festivals didn't see didn't see a vape tent <laughs> yeah that's i guess that's what glastonbury is it's like it's um by reputation real and earthy and other words like real and earthy well yeah like i mean primavera had you know, Vave stage is called the Ray-Ban stage and mm. uh, the Sayat stage, I think, was the name of the main venue. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, you know, you, just, you don't really feel it's not really in its way. It's no. not really in your, in your face either, yeah. even though it's literally. I guess you are in an, in, in an industrial park, for the want of a better word. So kind of, it's less noticeable. It's like if you plant a big, um, I don't know why I'm coming for the vape companies, but if you can plant a big <laughs> vape stage in the middle of a forest, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well as if it's just like well some some festivals try <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah i think and it's easier oh by to the way i run a festival of vape companies and <laughs> i'll gladly take you <laughs> um i think though like you know primavera it is it is very like it's a festival that you leave at the end of the night you're like happy you're yeah. like i've been here for a time and i'll go Delighted whereas like glastonbury is like it, it you know it's a healing area is way more organic in a yeah. f- on a farm you know yeah it feels and even from the perspective of it's top down it's run by a family of farmers i don't know if you still call them farmers but it it, that's what it is festival farmers organic is a great word did you meet emily or michael evas i saw michael oh wow um and he was there's one day we were supposed to go up on stage for uh at icon which is the brand new stage and they were like get off emily and michael are coming go (laughs) we all turn away um yeah icon was it was incredible as well it was like um a brand new stage and it had a six point sound system so if you're like standing in the middle it had like 3D sound it's crazy 3D sound you're just giving me FOMO talking about Glastonbury actually because I tried to get tickets and failed miserably so much so that like I actually you know in Ireland we only kind of got postcodes like relatively recently in the past couple of years I had signed up to try and get Glastonbury tickets a couple of years ago before we had postcodes so I just put in you know like 0000 on the postcode or something like that and it continued to this year so like even if I got through to try and buy tickets for Glastonbury I wouldn't have been allowed to just because they weren't recognizing my postcode but I'm not going next year anyway because 
250,000 obviously isn't enough. Everybody wants to go to that festival. Yeah. Um, do you want to continue down your uh, Yeah, sorry, that was totally album sidetracked. No, no, these are all topics that I wanted to get through, so I'm, I'm glad that we're... Uh, and we're just organically huh? no, hello. doing it. Very regal of you. <laughs> <laughs> How delightful. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so a couple of my favourite Irish albums, I think... Shukra by Shukra is an absolutely incredible album. Like it's just got so many bangers. Like I'm almost mad at them that they're like these like you know short pop songs. I'm like I want like a ten minute extended disco mix. Hear that Shukra? <laughs> be make careful it what you wish for. They'll be working on that for five more years. As <laughs> 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 a read on Shukra. Shade the shade of it all. Um, I really like. Shukra band like I've literally seen them from when they were Mustache Latte um, oh, yeah. playing downstairs in the pavilion to like now and it's it's incredible to see the growth and um, just like the sounds they're making I think are really interesting Confidence. I think mm. I actually my favourite guitar sounds of the year are on the Shukra album I think um, which is a big statement it's a big statement um, just, it's just so satisfying sounding you know they're just a real a tight band now as well not in a kind of lame boring way but like in a every time you see them you're like ooh yeah oh, shit. that was cool what? Uh, yeah like they've released a whole host of singles over mm. the years but I do think that that's the thing about an album you know like it's half an hour like where you not that you don't have to think about like playing the next song or going back and playing a song but it's just nice to hear the kind of the, the journey that they bring you on yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a really great album as well yeah. Yeah. isn't it funny now that we say half an hour about albums that's only like a thing in maybe the last like couple of years where albums have gotten, you know, used to be like an hour. Yeah, like yeah. An hour. And, and it is something that I think about, even though like my, my top two albums this year are certainly two of my top five are Bonnie Ver and uh, Vampire Weekend, which, you know, I, I described on the last album. I said the uh, Vampire Weekend album is shaggy just because it's 18 tracks long. And, you know, there's some tracks which I don't like at all, yeah. but I love. That's probably the main reason it's not on my top list i yep. think uh sort of as a antithesis to shukra really good singles and i uh what's the main single off that album this life father of the bride this mm, it's the one that's kind of got that george michael dun, 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 dun. yeah anyway unbearably white maybe um <laughs> really really good but i just never bothered to listen past like track eight or nine or whatever yeah how so like ashling you mentioned earlier that you hadn't listened to the lana del rey album like how do you how do you guys like consume your music now just because like with the sheer volume of music that's coming out like are you kind of like going to your spotify on friday morning and going to like the new releases and oh god no yeah, I can't like, deal with that. Like, what is it? Is it mostly word of mouth that you follow, or is a is it kind of driven by work? You know, like you hear of a band who wants to play or something, and you're like, it's a bit like I find that the way I consume music is quite different now, and I'm really trying to find a nice medium ground of like uh, enjoying consuming it because I suppose like I because I work in music and also I have a radio show. I'm constantly kind of listening. I'm trying to find songs as well as like as wanting to listen to them so i think that's maybe why i don't listen to a lot of big albums when they come out because i i don't know i just i, I like i like finding my own way to things a little bit you know um i find i find i like if an irish album comes out i'm like on it straight away generally but then the more international ones they kind of they have to wait yeah i like um, to get in my life like do you, do you find your uh attention span is kind of uh less as well oh like yeah. will, will you just listen to an album once and you'd be like nah 
rap album. I think I've gotten better at it in the last year. Actually, I really was had no attention span. Um, and I, actually, if I was to go through my list, I think some of the reason is because I looked at my 2017 like a wrapped thing. There was a lot of hip hop in there, but it was a lot of different singles by different people. And uh, it's much easier to get into stuff like my top five, for example, a lot of it is what people would call pop folk or what does uh, Spotify call it? Chamber pop, that kind of whatever right. that is. But it's kind of like stuff that moves a bit slower and maybe that maybe it's a personal choice as well. I've I kind of tried to engage with it a bit more and listen the whole way through. I, d- I do like this time of year. I don't know if you're a big fan of like listicle season, but just to see kind of what maybe the consensus is among kind of critics and big websites and stuff. Like I'm surprised. I'm really surprised how well FK Twigs is doing, for example. And I'm really glad to see Claro up so high as well, just because I think her album is uh, is really great. But that's kind of an example of one which I listened to once and kind of forgot about it. I think it's so easy to forget about albums nowadays because you're onto the next week and you're onto the mm. next set of albums that that and come out. I think it was around like. April, May, June, there was like an overwhelming amount. It was like every Friday there was like three albums out that I want to listen to. So I kind of got to like one. I I think I need to, first time I listen to any album, I'm not really, I don't really like it. There's like very few that have like gripped me from first listen. I think actually the Shukra album did that for me. But um, I have to sit with it. Even with the Kate LeBond one, when I first listened to it, I was like, all right, Kate, all right, let's, let's see what's going on here. And then as I listened to it, I just like, it became a repetitive thing but then what happens to me is I only listen to those things over and over and over again so that's kind of I don't it's been it's been quite a full year as I was saying so I don't really have a lot of room in my head for new things I feel like Homer Simpson like something gets knocked out every time I put new things into it and uh Unfortunately, at the moment, it's like listening to more albums. I think, not to be a bit too Glastonbury about it, but I think the music <laughs> finds you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some things you listen to and you go, cool, I really like that. But in that two months later is when you get really into it. The, I don't know if it's on my list, but the Julia Jacqueline album, something I listened to. And then, her, you know, people's names just start to pop up a lot. And then you find yourself just throwing it on. Um probably have listened to more irish music this year than ever before i think that's there's loads of reasons um the main one being it's all just so good there's so much good stuff it's uh, it's the year where like a lot of bands who we've been waiting for an album from for a long yeah. time shout out to tan and felix totally. that, like they they've, they've they've come through they've come through and they've actually gotten to that point and it's it's amazing to see like Ramcom as well with tan and felix is definitely on on the list it's there's also a lot of those bands have been doing the kind of live thing for a long time um like it's hard to you know like ye vagabonds and lancome like they're really like the top of their game right now but you forget that they've like uh, you vagabonds have two albums already out or one album already out uh one album already Uh, well this was their second two out already they've they've won under lynched and then it depends oh yeah yeah, yeah. but they've been you know they've been around for a long time whereas and yet they still feel quite new or uh, just emerged or something like that but they've been banging around for a while so I think another Irish album of massive note. And I think actually one of my, like possibly my favourite album of the year is uh, Maria Somerville's um, All My People. It's just, I, I listened to it again the other day of something that when it came out, I had it on constant play because it's just such a, it's such a nice album to listen to. It's so pleasing to listen to. Um, 
and just app, just really lovely textures in there. And she's someone as well who like, you know, we've, we've put her on a few times, like a, a good few years ago. And I think she's really taken her time to find, figure out what the album would sound like and has now built her live show from that, you know? Yeah. And then I put it on again the other day and it was just like, it was like a nice warm hug, you know? Not to bring it back to me again, but I always do this. But Maria is someone that like I looked at and thought, yeah, that's kind of the way you should do stuff in terms of artistry or finding like I saw her is that three years ago that we first saw her where did we first see her um which she was played quarter block party a few she years did. ago she did I feel like I might have seen her before that but yeah definitely the quarter block party show was about yeah it was definitely three years ago I'd say and and it was really good but I think she was also very careful and knew that she wanted to get everything right and that's really sort of uh, inspirational is the word and she's doing she's doing great like she's yeah. like when I when I work on festivals abroad like she's kind of the name they're like oh Marie Somerville this name that comes up a lot like which is it's such a good name yeah isn't it yeah I kind of I love this again like going back to you um, I love this return to uh, people using their own names as well and like really like being proud of their own names rather than like being like this this is the band name and that's not shade any band names but I'm like you know be yourself have Just, your own name I wonder uh, this is I think uh, probably the, the year of it but Irish music in general and like the folk and trad thing being so prominent like you're talking about like kind of those bands being um headlining the opera house like Lancome and Eve Agmon's like headlining Vicar Street doing really big gigs like selling out Vicar Street multiple times yeah and getting like, like huge um what's the word like people from all over the world you know the, the, kudos. N- Is that kudos, the, word? Yeah. Kudos. the NPR thing like they're on you know Russia like it's a great Sort there's of apparently there's a tiny desk concert I think still coming oh, from Lancome. Lancome, amazing. I, rem- I think, or it's, it's 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 in progress or something. I remember oh. someone tweeting about it and it was like, oh, it's don't you worry, man. It. I think there's a real sense of like emergence over the last decade. If you you know, it's real. If you think about back to like 2010, like we this decade started with like a the the crack of a really big recession, and I think there was a lot of. How many like a lot of people left and went to Australia or Canada? Like that's that's this decade. It feels so long ago, but I think a lot of people that stayed like I, there was a point where everyone I knew was on the dole, you know, around two thousand ten or eleven, twelve, and there was a lot of people. Uh, a lot of venues closed down, like the Pav closed down. The Pav actually opened and then closed down at the start of that decade. It didn't really have. It was quite important, but it didn't have that long legs. Also, the Rail Darig was very big. They, they would put a kind of alternative uh, club stuff and bands on. But you could see people start to do pub gigs more um, because that's where you could still get paid to be a musician, I think. Uh, that's what I noticed anyway. And that's where, from what I've noticed, people playing kind of folk and trad and it becoming part of their identity. And there's a real pride in, in what... Irish musicians are doing right now they don't all have to be folk or trad but there's a sensibility kind of like Junior Brother is a good example that's not really it's not traditional and in fact I've heard him be asked a few times about how much trad he listened to growing up and he was kind of saying almost zero uh, I would have listened to like Planksty but that was it My, the Andy Irvine Paul Brady album but there's a real kind of sweep of uh, the Mary Wallopers have played here last week and they're a really good example of like what else were you going to do in Dundalk when when there's a recession you know like a lot of the people that I um, meet when I go back to Cavan where I'm from where my family are from have been playing in the in the same pubs and, and just 
getting better and better at music and it's not all about the like music industry or the but there's a sort of a landscape now or a sound that I don't know. I'm kind of I'm coming back to the the name thing. There's a, there's something about using our voice, Irish yes, hip hop as well, yeah. Irish names, something very confident. Yeah, Irish people are cool with using <laughs> their own voices. Even like yeah. my my poor dad, like he, <laughs> my poor dad, he can't stand trad because he grew up in a time where it was like U2 and like all these like kind of bands exported and sounding like bands from outside of Ireland yeah. so now he he can't get out he just I've tried I've been like listen to this Lancome album listen to this and he's just like I just I just can't I'm like and I get it like so like it's it's really nice to be in a decade where we all were like hey trad is cool again yeah and, and like and and and, like and, the, and seeing trad kind of change to kind of like to have people put their own stamps on it totally. like like junior brother you know yeah and like i was watching did you watch that vice have you seen that little vice documentary about irish drill no i haven't watched oh, it I yet watched i think it's like, like 2 minutes of it i was like recently. what the I was hell i didn't know about this but there's a, there's a really really interesting thing about it is that you've got this guy ink he's the kind of main guy in this little documentary and he's talking about rapping in your own accent and the fact that some irish you know, another side note is is this the huge emergence of Irish hip hop and how that's reflected in the sort of Irish African community as well. And there's a, something about using your voice and your name as well. I think using your accent is is it's 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 changing right now. And it was I remember there's a there's two things. There's the the guy Inc is talking about you should use your accent, but there's another guy who's on the street doing a kind of vox pop, and they ask him what do you think about oh, yeah. this music and this like kind of just on the street kind of maybe 18 year old kid says like I just can't listen to people rapping their Irish accent it just doesn't sound good and I remember kind of thinking that maybe only 10 years ago or something thinking oh it's a bit lame or something like that so but that's again coming from a point where we weren't proud of our accents we weren't proud of our country and we weren't yeah. we weren't um we weren't like I think actually the recession has given us the staunch appreciation for how resilient we are as people yeah. and like like even like the centenary because like you know 2016 like was so like yeah. 1916 was sho- so shoved if you're working in the arts in 2016 you put on a show about 1916 yeah. like you literally to get the money you, you put on the show I've seen so many bands like kind of different genres say so this song we uh we were commissioned for uh 1916 <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh another one but like yeah we, i think even through that we were all like oh yeah this shit did happen and i'm going to carry it with me and i yeah. feel like just even with the world and what's going on and in, in the bigger world we're all a bit like yeah no and we repeal and the marriage referendum we're all like we're all like no this is this is our country and we're going to move it forward totally. and, and we're going to own it the background to that being trump to the west and Brexit to the right, and then feeling that we were kind of making the correct choices in the middle. I mean, I can't say we made all the correct choices. <laughs> um, but like in those two referendums, it was, a, it was a big turning point, I think, for the confidence. And as well, like going to those marches, you would, I would go up to Dublin on the bus and you'd see all the people from the band, <laughs> bands you went to see all yeah. of the marches. And there's, yeah, there's something to be said about that, I think, for the confidence that. Irish musicians and artists outside of music have found and I think into the backdrop Varadkar coming out and saying stuff like this is maybe this is my opinion on it but Varadkar coming out and saying this is for people who get up in the morning get up early in the morning get up early in the morning I remember thinking I'll fucking show him thinks that like I definitely slept till 12 o'clock from the age of 
18 to 25 you know and something 29 <laughs> 29 <laughs> but in the last couple of years i've definitely felt a sense of like fuck this guy and fuck this point of view of thinking and like taking the 1916 thing and making people write <laughs> crap songs about it but all of that kind of sense of like you're not going to steal our music and sell it to the world as like a cultural exchange where you can come and go to the wild atlantic way <laughs> do, you know, do you know what i mean like that's not what we're going to do instead we're going to use our voices and our uh, views on ireland and our views on the world and we're going to make ourselves bigger and and sort of brighter than your sort of opinion of of what ireland can be in a sort of uh, economic kind of way you can you can insert uh, the national anthem after that part. <laughs> All I rise for the national anthem. Just kind of my, my own view on that point. I th I do think it is great that people are kind of becoming more um, in tune with Irish music. I'd still like to see more radio play for it, just because I think oh, you can't sure. underestimate the influence that radio has on it. And I think that that would change the per that eighteen year old in that documentary who says, you know, like yeah. you just can't listen to someone singing that accent. It's because like because he's it, not you hearing don't, it. You don't hear he's it. Not yeah. it. No, you hear yeah. Drake. Or, or someone like that who's like auto-tuned and you know from American is the coolest person in America yeah um, and also another point is that I love seeing that selling out Vicar Street isn't that big a deal for an Irish band anymore you know it's just yeah. something that like yeah that's just the next step on their journey like I saw Talos at uh, the Olympia last week and it was just like wow I've literally seen him play to like 50 people as a three piece you know in the first like yeah. couple of months of his existence and mm -hmm. now to be at this stage where he's like toured Amer he's almost played America more than he has played over here and been in America for longer as well and it's great just seeing like girl band Fontaine's DC uh, Talos Saint Sister just sell out these really storied Pillow bands. Queens as well like Pillow Queens yeah, selling it yeah one friends. of the biggest pop stars his name is Dermot Kennedy like that is cool <laughs> I'm not really like that into Dermot <laughs> Kennedy but every time I think about that I think like, that is fucking awesome <laughs> it feels like there's a ladder now rather than there being this big high stoop where you're like looking up at it or this tr throne I don't know why I said stoop but throne everyone's like I want to get up there and now there's like actually a way up and I feel that that's what these bands have done. They've like created, they're, they're creating absolutely incredible music and people are responding to it. And it's, yeah, I think it's class. I think things like a girl band a couple of years ago and Hosier helped externally places like the UK and the US look at Ireland, not in um, two, two ways, the diddly eye thing and the singer song, the Damien Rice kind of singer songwriter thing, which was what I remember hearing. Oh, sorry. Now I'm going to forget his name. Guy from the Blizzards. Brezzy. Brezzy. I remember hearing Brezzy say at a panel talk thing that people on, um, in music, uh, sorry, in labels and stuff like that in the UK, they're looking at Ireland for singer-songwriter kind of stuff. And to a, big, a large extent that's true because Hosier and Dermot Kennedy are probably the, the biggest success stories of the last five years anyway. Um, but because of things like Girl Band as well and, the, and maybe, I don't know about Russ and Russ and Gano, I guess, changing this, the, the identity of, of Irishness. I think all of that has helped. Like, you look at the Irish, the playlist on the Spotify thing, is what's called Era. The, the, new, the era. New, near, new Era. All of that stuff helps to sort of, I don't know what the word, I'm, I, would, I was thinking of the word impose, but it's it's not imposing because it's, it's... Showcase? Showcasing, yeah. It's us bringing all these different genres and vibes and voices a very very confident and very varied um very varied <laughs> um it's really cool 
That's really cool. Can we can we talk about girl band now? Yep. Um, that's a very, very cheapest. Yes, of course we can talk about girl band. It's very nice to have girl band back. I think that's like a general feeling between the three of us. Like I know you haven't gotten to see them since they've been back yet. But I actually have something to admit. I haven't listened to the album that it's, much. You know, it's going to be a nice moment for you. It is. I've it's just had a different time. kind of year. I've, I've put it on a few times and I'm just really into uh, soft boy acoustic sad music. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. I think the album is incredible. It's something I even feel like I still haven't spent enough time with because I feel like in the run up to seeing them live, I was like, oh, I need to... I'm. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna just wait and see it live. And I've been very lucky to get to see them not as many times as you own, but like I got to see them twice in the last couple of weeks. And uh, London show was great, but the fucking hell that Ficker Street show was just. I've never felt anything like the the vibe in that room. And like I, I was saying, I, was, I keep joking that I was playing like mu- Irish music industry bingo as I was walking around because I was like, oh, there's that person, and there's this person, and there's this musician, and there's that promoter. Um, it was a really lovely thing to be a part of. I'm very excited for them i think that it's great that they're all doing so well the album is like the first time i listened i went for a walk when the the day the album came out because that's how i did it the first when the first album came out as well i went for a walk and i put on the album and listened to it start from start to finish and honestly that first track we've talked about this the first track just got me straight away i was like tearing up because it's i can't remember the name of it but it's the one with the breathing on it and it's just such a fucking raw emotional (laughs) thing with uh without having to say any words you know you know exactly what that person is or you kind of you can get a sense of what that person is really grabs your attention it really does when it kind of shouldn't yeah 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 it actually just it makes you nearly start having a panic attack so that's what it sounds like sounds like someone having a panic attack and it's just uh it's it's great and i feel like even the live show it's it's really it was really interesting because they kind of the you know the set list is like they're starting off with like older stuff and then they kind of go into the new album and the, and like audiences in a way don't really know how to respond to the new album because it's so different it's so kind of like i'm going to say considered again because that's my word of the day considered i wouldn't go as far as regal yet <laughs> but it's very steady like it's not the first album is quite chaotic the first second one i don't feel it has that that level of chaos on it yeah, like the, they produced it themselves, or Daniel Fox is the main guy, I think, doing it. And like, I think I think he's the most excited. Jamie exci- as well. There's holding hands with Jamie. Jamie was involved oh, in the second album. I, like also. I've 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 said that Daniel Fox is the most exciting producer in the country, and I think that that album just exemplifies it. I think he's having a load of fun making those noises. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, definitely is. Do you, uh, he's do you having any, fun anyway. <laughs> do you have any more um, albums you want to mention before we move on to Keelan's? Yes, my. My kind of last one on the shortlist is Anako by JSOM. It's oh, an okay, album that came out, came out a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago at this stage, but I really have gotten into it in the last couple of weeks. And oh, it's just so, such a good album. To li- like, it's really good pop songs. Like, there's one song, um, I'm sorry, I'm really bad with names of songs, but there's like, there's a key change at the end. I fucking love a key change <laughs> were I, we talking about this the other day yeah, we're literally like every time it comes on we're both like punching the air every time that key change comes on and like there's like a break in this in this like there's a two like a three second silence in it where there's a little break and then the song continues that that kind of yeah it's just something i love about jason and i don't think this is a correct word to describe but is it's a bit mathy like like math rock yeah. Tenderness is the name of that song. I'm just looking it's at it. It doesn't sound like math rock at all, but it just makes me feel the like the when you used to see when math rock was like the big shit, all I would ever think was like, Oh, that was clever. <laughs> and that's what I think when I listen to Jason. Yeah, it's in all it's all very precise and it's all very like, you know, you can tell that it's it's quite 
in a very good way, it's quite laboured over. You know, it's it, everything is really well thought out. Um, the production on it is just absolutely gorgeous, and um, it's a very. I think I think all of the albums I lo- loved this year have a common theme of being really comforting and very. Um, they kind of sit in in uh, a part of my body, like in my in just around my stomach, just like a you know that kind of feeling. You know, nice, if, you, if you heard that a nice warm <sighs> rub yeah. <laughs> yeah um she's someone who's had to cancel her european tour because i, th- I don't know is it mental health issues but i think it's something along those lines like ashley you mentioned earlier that uh, you've been so busy this year and that you've learned to look after yourself do you think that people are just uh, like is it harder for a musician starting out to be mindful about these things like what do you have any advice that you give someone like to do like, something else care of themselves? No. um I think it's something you really have to learn how to do yourself. I don't think that there's um one cure. No, there's no there's no one cure and I think that it's something you actually really for me anyway I had to kind of go to well, this is the second podcast I've talked about my my own mental health on in oh, the last yeah, few weeks. Oh yeah, you did a great one with the Rebel Matters podcast. I can never at, listen um, to that back. I at just a Quiet Lights Festival. It was really really good. It was you, uh, Emma Condon, and from Homebeat, and uh, Shifra, who works with uh, Direct Provision and works on other voices, voices yeah. as well. It was a really really great chat. Yeah, it was very. I found it was very intense, but it was also like quite healing as well. Yeah, I am. Um, this was. I feel like this is a year where I really took my own uh, time and my own um ability to work very seriously and i think it's really like it has paid off for me in so many ways um my advice to anyone would be just to like really if like if you're not doing well then then stop like if you're not doing well then stop and figure out how you can change things and obviously like things like money um become a massive factor in that because some people just can't stop because they need to make money but yeah I, I suppose I don't know I'm not any authority I'm still figuring it out you know what I mean I'm still trying to figure out um if the things I'm doing are the best thing for me and what how I can make them better but I think it's it's a process and also like go to therapy if you can and if you need to it's a very good thing to do for yourself to go talk to someone who is kind of paid to listen to you and, and help you figure that out Cool. Do you have any more albums you want to mention? Do you want to just name your your long list so that and people can uh, oh, yes, tweet I you do. at Ashu um, a- a- AIS and five O's five I think O's. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, UFOF Big Thief. I feel like that that was on your list as well, was it? It was on my old long yeah. list as well. Orange being, I think, one of my tracks of the year. Like what I love about Big Thief is that actually they're in my gigs of the year. Cattails on that album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you go see Big Thief, you remember the songs. I remember the first time I heard Orange was like well before the song came out and I was so excited to see it on the track listing. So I was like, fine, I'm going to have like a recorded version of this. Um, they're just an absolutely brilliant band. And like the the second album, Two Hands as well, which I still haven't gotten that into yet because I'm still working my yeah, way through UFO. in one year, that's great. They're, they're killing it. They were the band that I walked into Primavera and they were on stage. And it was like, wow. You it was my first thing? time being there and I was like, this is... This is cool. It's cool. <laughs> um, when I get home, Solange. Oh my god, I forgot to talk about this earlier. Um, Beyonce's Jesus hipper younger Christ, sister. Christ, what a Apparently. fucking album! What a vi- like. I just think of the visuals and I get chills. Like she's just like she really, she really took what she was saying in the first album and like threw it back in everyone's face. And I love that. I love that. I feel there's some of the songs. I feel like maybe I shouldn't be singing along to this. I love that feeling. So I'm just like, yeah, let's fucking talk about this shit. Let's challenge each other. And I feel like the Solange is really doing that for people. Um, that's only like a 27 minute album as well. Like the longest song is like two and a half minutes, isn't it? Yeah, it's all all bits and it. They're all great. They're all 
brilliant. Uh, Homecoming came out this year as well. Yeah, that's actually on my list. Is it on your yes, list? I'm Amazing. getting there, Keith. <laughs> uh, Homecoming is just, yeah, it's, it's such a good... I really like how Beyonce has made the last couple of things that she's released have been events. Like when she brought a lemonade, it was such an event. I remember being at a party and someone just walked into the room and went, Beyonce just released a new album. And like the next morning, we like watched Lemonade really hung over and similar to this. Yeah, I, w- I spent a whole week every day. I went home that week. I think I was working in the opera house at the time. Every day I went home, we all sat around the table and either listened to it or sang it to each other. I've never, I've never had that experience with an album that like all collectively, we all went through that week together where we were like... <gasps> Who's downloading title <laughs> so we can listen yeah, to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy that one, fa- like the two sisters, one family are responsible for like representing so much of one country, if you know what I mean. Like Solange really represents a very artistic, a very artistic yeah. version of Black America, and Solange Beyonce. or Beyonce with the homecoming thing is really representative of sort of um, that kind of that space where you go from being a young person to a, a grown person and the the excitement and also all the kind of aggressiveness and all the beauty that comes with that and I was like wow that's one family holy shit I know um, special I'm going to give a special mention to postcard versions postcard versions it's I didn't just stutter that's uh, the name of the album and the name of the band absolutely fucking brilliant indie pop album Bitter Lentils Sunday Mornings with Nate great tunes Good, go on the lads. Uh, Junior Brother pull the right rope. It's still something actually I feel like I'm still like Junior Brother for me is a very live act so I'm still taking my time with the album but every, I, I, I love it. Uh, j- just on Junior Brother I don't know if you're going to mention him as well in your albums this Keelan but uh, I was thinking about it yesterday like he's just uh, it was just announced this week that he sold out his uh, uh, December 12th gig in Whelan's so that's like 250, 300 people 400 people 400 people that have bought tickets and I don't think he's even released his best song yet he is a song that he plays live called No No Snitch which is uh, just over 5 minutes long and it's brilliant there's a live version up on YouTube that I've just been watching again and again and like I think it's just going to be uh, a big song for him um, anyway, Part- Party Anthem of 2020 yeah <laughs> hopefully anyway I hope he releases it um, what else is there? Maya Sophia, Bad Time, again, just out a couple of weeks. I'm still settling into it, but absolutely love Like a nice bath. Like a na- nice bath. I love that she's like leading this like uh, revolution of bath influences. I'm yeah. joking, I'm joking. That's I think like she was saying that she released, or she put out the album title, and then the next day there was this like New York Ar- Times article that was like, The Rise of Bath Fluencers. And she was like, Burr. Fuck's sake. Um, actually, yeah. But she, I, I really love her voice. I love her um, her whole attitude. I haven't seen her play live enough. I need to rectify that next year. Um, but I'm very excited for her. I think that next year is going to be a really big year for her. Um, shout out to Zara Hederman, who did an interview with Maya Sophia for Totally Dublin recently and used as many bath and <laughs> uh, water infused puns as you can imagine in a thousand word article i would expect nothing less of sarah i'm so <laughs> proud of her every day um and then another like uh, the last one i'll mention is uh shea butter baby by ari lennox who's someone that my friend ruth introduced me to first with her ep what was the ep called Euling. I, I actually that's not the way you say the word but i can't i can't remember i have no idea um really strong EP but this album is just gorgeous I feel like people have like slept on it a little bit but it's like uh, Shea Butter Baby as a tune itself is just so lush like her whole her whole 
thing is being is all about like luxury and enjoyment and kind of like excessiveness like and I feel that 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 really comes across in the album she was on tour with Lizzo in the states but I feel like that she's gonna she's someone hopefully we'll be hearing a lot more about next year I slept on her for a long time because I kept thinking of Annie Lennox (laughs) and then was like nah I'm not listening to that but it's, it's you know what they they they, they both have a thing in common in that they're both great. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have listened just because she did sound like Annie Lennox. <laughs> uh, do you want to go through some of your albums of year? Uh, yes, uh, I'll just do a quick um, shout out and then I'll do do you a five to one uh, shout out. Um, Slow tie, something I got into quite late. I feel like everyone else was telling me to listen to that and I was wrong. Sorry, everybody, it's pretty badass. Uh, what's the name of that album? Uh, Nothing Great About Britain. Is that yep. what it's called? Uh, really good. Um, Alex Cameron, Miami Memory, I think is possibly one of the funniest. Uh, he's one of the greatest uh, lyric writers just because that album. There's, uh, it's, it's a real car journey album for me because you can just snigger away to yourself. Um, the highlight being uh, he's got a song called Divorce. And it's probably the song I've been singing most to myself. Uh, the song called Divorce and the the chorus goes, uh, I got some friends in Kansas City, got a motherfucking futon couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So shout out to Alex Cameron. Um, uh, again, the Ariana Grande album, I think, uh, is kind of like a weird one where I've just, I didn't even know if it came out this year. I was like, has that just been around forever? The Thank You thank Next Thank album. You Next. The, um, the song has been around forever and then the album came. Yes. What a great album. And then probably, I think the most uh, maybe underrated Irish album, maybe album of the year. Ooh. I'm going to stutter. Mick Flannery, Mick Flannery. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, really strange because it's probably the, the biggest pop song he's written in uh, Come Find Me. And yeah, it's not really a departure, I guess. It was a bit poppier, but I had heard rumor like, Mick's going pop, man. And I heard it and I was like, this has got a, cor- a big yeah. chorus, but. Um, I think maybe underrated in critical circles for whatever reason, but like he doesn't need any critics' love to sell out uh, yeah. the Opera House. Um, I think he's doing Lost Lane up in Dublin yeah, at totally. some point as well. I think there's been a bit of a perception that McFarnery isn't cool, which is totally wrong. He's yeah. such a cool motherfucker. And yeah, it's a really good album. I, was, I said it to you at the start of the year, I was like, this is the year McFarnery's <laughs> going to be cool again. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he had what's. Uh, um, I'm about to say what some people. I know what. A late late show cre- uh, audience is that okay to say? So I don't know if that's a read or not, but hey, it's like it's a reality. It's where we all want to be. Like it's <laughs> yeah. where it's where parents are going to finally take what we're doing seriously. So yeah, if exactly. We end up on the late late, so you know. But he kind of had that for the last couple of years, and he's got an interesting kind of career. But he's just such an artist that like he's someone I listen to every time the album comes out. I know it's going to be good. I know the songwriting strong, and then I was really excited to hear from the first song on the on the Mick Flannery album. Uh, it's it starts with just an acoustic guitar playing one note when you th- when you would where you would expect full chords to be ringing out and stuff so like interesting production stuff going on on the album, um, so I think that maybe is the biggest under the most underrated album. That's fair. Um, okay, I'll do your the five to one. Uh, number five, and this is to highlight how much of a soft boy sad boy I've been is Better Oblivion Community Center album with Phoebe Bridgers Connor Oberst. That came out kind of like pre-summer, I think. And I thought it was just two very good songwriters combining. I thought it made me think of when 
I love these two artists, but I did not like the Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett album I when they didn't like it. No, I didn't think it. I, th- I felt a little bit. Ah, I'm, why am I being like? I don't want to upset them. They're listening. <laughs> it felt like um, a part-time job, kind of. They both just kind of knocked a few things out. Whereas Better Oblivion Community Center, I felt highlighted the strengths in both of their kind of work. I thought it really like. I was a bit worried that what would happen is that maybe Connor Oberst <laughs> was using this like up up and coming uh female artist, which it does happen. Um Should look at Ryan Adams. Yeah, exactly. Um oh, we nearly made it through the whole podcast <laughs> yeah. without fucking mentioning that man. Um but I yeah, I th- I was kind of a bit worried about it and it just kind of blew me away. I thought songwriting was beautiful. I think uh not like the McFarney album where the production the production's great but it's it's the strength of the songwriting is what's really good on that album um, number four Julia Jackson crushing Julia Jacqueline Jacqueline I always say Jackson Julia Jacqueline I think she has the the most her crushing jumpers have replaced <laughs> the repeal jumpers people there's a certain community that we're like oh, well we can't really wear the repeal jumpers all the time now we need some new print jumpers across um that was another one for me for the summer kind of threw on was a real party uh album for a sad boy like me three this is kind of tough Ye Vagabonds, The Hair's Lament, I think, is probably my most listened to album of the year. Similar to Ariana Grande, it's been just with me when I, it's what I do when I'm working, it's what I do when I'm on my laptop, it's what I do when I'm just cleaning the house. Um, it's really, like you were saying about, like, just gets you in the, in the gut. In the it, like, gut. warms you up. Beautiful harmonies. Uh and such lovely lads. Such lovely lads. And you can hear it from their singing. <laughs> like, if I'd never met them, you go, they sound like really lovely lads. They, sound so like, they, sound, they sing like they're always smiling. Yeah. From yeah, the heart. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they're probably a really good example of what I was talking about of people who were just play, playing music in the pub and just getting, like, collecting songs, collecting their, I don't know, overall talent. Like, that, their their harmonies are so close and perfect you know they've got they've got that real people say about like the kinks and the oasis that like having that brother relationship makes your harmonies kind of more intricate and you can kind of expect what the other person's going to do because you know them so well so yeah i think that was great i'm sure they're gonna have more music original music because that album was uh, traditional songs. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear what they do ri- original. Music yeah, because their first album is a mixture, and I think it's it's also <coughs> stands up. It's a really good album. Um, similarly, Lancome is probably my number two. Oh yeah. You for, we forgot about it. It's day. not that I forgot about it, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's incredible. It's the most r- it's the most recent on my list, and yeah, the production is crazy. I feel I feel like that with the first two albums they were like oh here here are songs but like mm. I feel like this one it's like we are Lancome <laughs> we will <Yeah>. destroy <laughs> it it is it does feel like that especially what's that song that's so creepy and the well they say they say that they wanted to make an apocalyptic sounding album yeah. and that's exactly Bloody what well they've did. done you get, well, I, like, I think that you could be talking about each song on that album Ashling. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, no. I'm going to I'm going to get the I'm going to get the I name. saw them well, they played Paddy's Day in 
St. Luke's. Yeah, that's one of my favorite gigs as well. Yeah, as well as the uh, the Pride of Petrovor is the one I'm talking about. Okay, and as well as the gig just a few weeks ago in St. Luke's, also they're two of my favorite shows. The f- four out of your top five, two of them are the same people. <laughs> Huh? Two Lancome gigs and two Kate LeBond gigs make up your. You've only <laughs> top got one more four. slot left, Ashley. <laughs> I don't know about that, guys. I'm not very good at maths, even though I did get an A1 in my leaving search, ordinary level. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, those those two gigs were incredible for yeah. quite different reasons. I feel like, like again, with the albums, like the one at Paddy's Day was kind of like was Lancome that we know the Lancome that was, Salonica, we've known of, that was a Salonica the, celebration yeah, yeah Salonica. and that was with Jimmy Crowley I love Jimmy Crowley it was really funny being at that gig I heard overheard people kind of like taking the piss out of Jimmy Crowley and it made me you were there I was raging I was you, like Keelan was very Lancome bad. wouldn't be fucking anyone without Jimmy Crowley like paving the way so and then I had these Keelan, like you underestimate how drunk those people were yeah it, it just Paddy's annoyed day. me it was Paddy's okay, day yeah, yeah that's true but my actually to bring us back to the sound of the album in the middle of that gig they played this 10 minute what they described was trad and kraut rock together I that was the first time that i was like oh interesting they're going to do something different and then this album is sort of the end product of can, that can you remember did they play the wild rover at that no no, no. as in they didn't play it or they didn't play it i don't think they played oh, it no because no. that is just a it's unbelievable like yeah. every it almost sends shivers down my spine every time that i listen to it just because the way it kind of comes in like almost on a gust of wind and then it's yeah i don't know i just think i it's, think that's it's ooh, something else <laughs> it's something else like what's really good about this kind of um what i was talking about earlier with the like confidence and the voice kind of thing is that the wild rover is a really good example of the song that we all know that's very of a certain canon um kind of like you know that chieftain's dubliners um, viewpoint of trad and they not only did they perform it differently but they've they've taken that verse that they found um, that Rady was saying that there's another extra verse that kind of brings the meaning of the song to be something different I think that's a, that kind of sums up where Irish folk and trad is that it's it's the same instruments and it's the same sto- background and story but but where it's heading is somewhere different and you're adding in that extra verse that makes you think maybe Irishness isn't all about getting locked which is what kind of what the wild rover is originally or the original versions are but maybe there's something more complicated going on in the background um that's kind of what i feel about the whole length of album start to finish i think somehow in these weird long drones it expresses that complication of like where ireland was and where it's heading into the future and you get that just from like great length of drones what's number one Number one, this is uh, also up there with most underrated album. I think this is even my favorite album of the last couple of years. Uh, I said this to you before and you were like, is it that underrated? Anamika Idle Mind, I think is... Um, yeah, I'm going to have trouble describing it because I really I like fell in love with this album. I think I've, I had heard the songs over the last year or two, knew they were great. I even had a rehearsal once where I was going to maybe play some piano or synth. So I really like had a kind of connection to these songs. And then when I heard the album, it was way, way, way above what I expected the the place that they were going to go to. They were, you know, there's guitar and bazooki songs, but Matthew Jackson playing drums is kind of bringing it into this jazz kind of realm. There's a lot of sort of the pop, pop indie thing that the other albums like uh, Julia, Jacqueline, that kind of... Um, Phoebe Bridgers kind of world I don't know what you call that like in indie 
new indie kind of stuff, folk indie stuff. But it's it's neither of those places. It's something that's kind of jazz and it's kind of traditional Irish and it's kind of, I mean, and she got her bazooki from Greece and I know that she traveled over the last couple of years. I, I feel like when you listen, you can hear all of that stuff in the background, the the traveling that Anamika did and and then that is represented in in the the songs i think and just what an amazing voice anamika has yeah. it is just it just soars just so and she's high got haunting and she's so like great. she's it's it's haunting and again comforting and uh, yeah, yeah i think it's a super comforting album like yeah. I, i've it's one of my most listened to this year um and i just think she's she's great what a talent i'm really weirdly glad that i, n- I we didn't end up <laughs> playing music together because it's something that i can appreciate some some bands and some gigs i can't uh, enjoy because it's similar to what I'm doing and I go like oh it, maybe I should buy one of those amps or I think how did I get that gig and I didn't get that gig like you know as you a musician you sound like a very jealous person Keelan. no but there's <laughs> like a level of ego that comes with music where you just can't separate it from you and my favourite gigs are when, when that that's not even in the room with you because you're so interested in what's happening on the stage or you're so interested in, in the album and that's what Anamika's Idle Mind has given me this year i think it's fantastic cool i've already gone through my albums of the year on a on separate podcast so uh maybe we'll just wrap up by talking about uh some of our favorite gigs of the year do you want to sh- yes i have a very comprehensive list you have one, one <laughs> slot left <laughs> damn it um it's a joint number one of seven different no um i had wait now let me let me have a look it's at like the list. turner prize everyone <laughs> wins <Yeah. laughs> um I'm just going to go. I can't do this ranking thing. You're very good at that now. I can't. I I just I That's love fine, all, I love all my favorite gigs in equal amounts for different reasons. <laughs> in equal you know? amounts. Uh, probably not. No. Um, I was very fortunate to get to put on Haley Hendrix. Um, back in April, in Plugged, and that for me was such an uh, such a beautiful special show. Um, it was a room full of people. I didn't know any of them. And they all knew all the words. It was an incredible thing to be a part of. She's an incredible person. Her songs, again, she, she even though the EP came out last year, she's someone I would have listened to a lot, lot this year, a lot of, in the early part of the year. TPM, pretty much any time I've seen them, is my favorite gig. They were the talk of "It Takes a Village," which it takes uh, a you village. Guys on. But I feel like I like I saw I got to see them in Debarras for the guitar festival, and it was like I w- wasn't working. I was after a few gins. I had a great time. And then they played here a few weeks ago on the Heaven is a Heart Point, which is the best named tour ever. And that was also incredible. Also, shout out to Post Punk Podge, who was the uh, the kind of joint headline support on that gig. Absolutely blew me away. Um, Rising Damp, A Fail in a Grena. It was in this tiny little room, probably fit about like 30 people. And the whole room was just screaming at one point, fire everyone, fire everyone. Uh, she's got an album coming out next year, I think, early next year, which you're all going to be talking about at the end of the year next year. Uh, very Rising Damp is just one Ashley of my... told us about Lizzo and her rise this time last year. So. Is your topic oh, me, me and all the ladies talk about who's going to rise next year and we have a little <laughs> forum. Um, <laughs> Rising Damp is just so exciting to me. She's so much fun. It's so... The tunes are banging, but it's also so tongue-in-cheek. Uh, just for those of us um, who may not know, who's Rising Damp? And is Fail in the Grena the Limerick Festival? Yes. Fail in the Grena is the free Limerick Festival. Um, I got to go for like... Free Limerick. 
<laughs> I got to go for like four hours this year and I had such the best time. I was so gutted to have to leave Limerick, but um, really great bunch of people behind it. Uh, all the shows were free. Everyone was so, yeah, it was just, it was such a nice day. Um, but, and Rising Damp is Michelle Doyle, who play, who's played in Sissy. Uh, she's, she's the bass player in Sissy and she's an amazing artist. She's involved with um, loads of different groups, the Repeater Gang. She does Yoga for the Eyes. It's it's quite industrial punk. Yeah, that's what I would describe it as. It's it's really good fun. Yeah, as I said, you're all going to be talking about her next year. Then, let me see what else there is. Sinead O'Connor, Cork Opera House. Oh, yeah, I man. forgot all about that. It was so good that you just, you just it's like, you know, when you have a crush on someone and you can't remember what their face looks like. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I do know what you mean. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you're like, you have such a big crush on them that you're like, oh, fuck, I can't remember what happened. So that's what that gig was. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what they I, I think like. that she's kind of like that girl band effect of like, I'm just so happy that she's back. Yeah, but also that that room was just like we were all up the front. There was a big gang of us, and we were all like just holding hands and crying, and like and it was it was the jazz yeah. festival Saturday at the jazz festival at the, at the Cork Opera House. Yeah, it was it was a great day. It was it was so so great to be there. Um, big gaping hole of Mandinka on that set list is my only um criticism. But I think she has said that she doesn't like playing that and she doesn't get that song. But I feel like Mandinka's come around and is this like anthem for a lot of people our age. She doesn't get that song. She's not been to a wedding in the last <laughs> ten Apparently years. Not. <laughs> One of the other festivals I get to work at is End of the Road, which is in Dorset. Um I read the same weekend as Electric Picnic and I saw loads of amazing shows there, highlights being Deer Hunter. That was incredible. Who you love. I do love Deer Hunter and also they were great in Whelan's um, a few weeks ago as well. Mitski, I haven't seen her do the the show with the table and the, the fucking table, man. Oh, man. It's really just like, what show. what a show. Like, I just was there absolutely gobsmacked for the whole thing. I was like, what is she doing to me? It was just, it's so well thought out. It's so physical. Like, in a way, like, like you know, FK Twigs was saying that she, like, didn't bring out the album for ages because she needed to learn how to pole dance. But, like, it's kind of that same level of commitment of, of like, of a show. I have never seen an indie show like that before, and I don't think I ever will again. I'd say it took its toll on her as well. I think that that was her last show of the whole tour, was it? Or it was definitely her last festival, I think. But, yeah, yeah she just, she's she's I, so jaded. I think, jaded. like, physically it was, it was quite a tough thing, so I think she's taking a well-deserved break. That album is still I don't, great, I don't by think the way, she's, But she year. says she's kind of done with Mitski for the foreseeable future she just wants to like live in a house and i'm like so like if you're talking about self-care and you're talking about musicians taking care of themselves then that's the biggest thing and then also i was very happy to see the return of happiness who um took a couple of years hiatus and that was the end of the road show was like their first festival back they'd done two shows that week in bristol and london it's an amazing gig if you ever get to see them hopefully they'll be in ireland next year i would highly recommend it um there's drag there's Soft indie boy music. You'd love that, Ashley. You'd love that. Where are, it's a Venn diagram of where. <laughs> of us. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully called happiness. <laughs> it was such a lovely show. Um, the crowd was really receptive, as, mo- as all the crowds are at End of the Road. It was just very supportive. It's a very supportive festival, and I love that. So I think that's everything. I think that that. The, uh, oh, the All Today was Live St. Luke's. All Today was Live St. Luke's in fucking September. Was I there? That was the one with where Elaine put her leg up in the suit. Oh, the, birth the, of the suit. suit. Holy moly, the suit. Again, you have such a crush on the gig that you can't remember yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get one of those crushing Julia Jacqueline t-shirts. <laughs> you know, then you remember everything. Um, 
I feel like I think it's something we've talked about a bit that like I feel like that the altered areas are just like they've uh, the, the last time they did St. Luke's there was a lot of people who were like this is it this is the moment where like they've stepped it up I feel like they've done they did that ages ago but it's really amazing to see them on a stage that supports their uh, creativity and it supports their their performance you know did you see them when they were touring with the Fontaines no no they didn't play in Brussels that was when Fontaines were supporting girl band so okay. I, I missed altered areas but yeah, I, I, I saw them in St. Luke's. Yeah, I would love to and, see and them. And I had seen them in Limerick as well. I just really want new music from Altered Errors at this stage. I'm just, just kind of like, out the come albums, on. Lads, just bang them out. Yeah. I know that they've got loads of music. They just can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to in 2020. Hopefully, yeah, me too. new music. I feel like we said this Altered last Errors. year as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so some of those gigs that Ashling mentioned overlapped with uh, some of yours, Keelan. But what, what else is on uh, your list? Team? Weirdly, my favourite gig, uh, uh, maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit older hate I just hate big gigs now I just I much prefer venues 100 to 200 and my favourite uh, gig this year was Percolator in the Roundy because I didn't open my eyes for about an hour and a half or maybe an hour I can't even remember what, how long they were playing the sound was obscenely good for a room that holds 80 people and that you know I've seen loads of gigs there, so I'm very used to the room. It's not. It was shocking. the The sound that they were making was like, oh, I'm just so excited to be in this room. I smiled with my, you know, when you you smile at having this, but your eyes are like rocking out. <laughs> you're like, yeah, 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 but you're and you're like, how is my face even doing this? <laughs> That was that was how I felt about percolator, and I thought I'd maybe like maybe I'm mental. I'm just really into this. I've Sounds had three like really but I, but I talked to everyone. I talked to was like, yeah, holy yeah, shit, that was that, that was insane. Um, percolator are Spud Murphy who recorded the Lank Mountain, isn't it? Yes. So um, clearly, I'm this year is the year I become a huge Spud Murphy yeah, ev- fan. Everybody in Dublin, you don't, is, you yeah. don't have your fan club membership cards yeah i'm gonna get a spud t- a tattoo of a spud we get we get, we get, a, we get flags i got very excited when he got a shout out on uh the npr bob boylan show and uh, they had to say who's recording it and like the, spud. Lad, <laughs> the lads had to be like oh our friend spud murphy <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that was probably my favorite gig and uh i kept it a secret for me but my other favorite gig at primavera which you couldn't remember uh we danced our little bums off was Carly Rae Jepsen oh okay yeah 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 <laughs> it was one we, st- we danced our butts up in separate parts of the venue I don't think we were together for it oh I was with you because Breed was giving out <laughs> oh <laughs> sounds very right yeah Thanks. yeah okay fair um, enough I was just in such a bubble of my own well Carly no Rae one love. no one would go with me and I was like ah festivals are for going to see kind of fun shows and then you were excited and I was like weird Owen's really into this and then we got there and I was like this is brilliant way better than I thought it would be I knew loads of songs uh, it was a real show and actually at Primavera I assumed I'd be going to a load of rock bands and hip hop and I spent most of it seeing Miley Cyrus and Car- Carly Rae Jepsen and uh, FKA Twigs and who else I see uh, Janelle Monet. I said, just saw loads of it was like wow you're. I just said that I don't like going to see big shows but because of the layout of Primavera you can just kind of sit on the grass and watch some really good pop shows and weirdly I think the most surprising gig of the year that I loved was Carly Rae Jepsen I thought yeah I think there's something about pop gigs that are just so joyous um, yeah like I mean Lizzo I, you saw her in um, the Olympia I was lucky enough to get tickets to see her in um, a slightly bigger venue the 5000 capacity Brixton Academy in London and I have never heard anything 
like oh, the, the noise, absolute the noise like, from the crowd yeah, was it's, just it's just utter like screams at the top yeah. of their lungs like it was it was actually like and it's so unified so as well it was it, i kind of completely forgot about that like i did i definitely enjoyed the glastonbury gig a lot more than the olympia one but that was just because i was up in the nosebleeds and i was like i want to see her face yeah. um but uh i yeah i enjoyed the olympia gig just for the sh- sheer like response from the crowd it was just like it was insane people were losing their shit and rightfully so it's what Lizzo deserves. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean And we can end it there. I'm <laughs> Those are two completely different gigs, Keelan Perkalator <laughs> and uh, and Carly Ray Depp. Well, do you know what he's I love? Like, he's just a like, very merry so person. He's yeah. just so diverse. I'd, I'd like Aries. to hear Spud Murphy <laughs> I'd like to hear Spud Murphy record a Carly Ray Jepson album. Holy oh my holy. god, I could not imagine anything <laughs> that would make my life better. I well, do you know what I love about both rock gigs are really like they're unifying in a way that you're not really interacting with other people. Like you might even if you start moshing or going mental at like I don't know, something like I'm trying to like girl band or fontaines or something like that. People are bashing into each other and that's great. But there's something just so beautiful about a pop gig where you can kind of look over and just see how happy everybody is and go, wow, oh, that's what music's about. They're the only kind of gigs where I still will like turn around. If I'm safe, I'm standing at a pop gig, I turn around and I talk to everyone around me. I'm yeah. like, hey, because I, I know it's going to get to a point where we're all going to be annoyed at each other for bumping into each other. So I'm like, hey, let's make friends. And like, I'll mind you, you mind me. At the rock gigs? No, at the pop. Uh, oh, when yeah. I was the rock gigs, I just get really angry at men <laughs> bumping into me. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't talk to anyone at those gigs. Had to, had to remove myself at the London Girl Band show because I shouted at a man for being really rude um so uh which is not unlike me to do yeah that's what i love about pop shows is that like even at the lizzo show when i was sitting down i started chatting to the two women next to me and we had such a lovely talk about like how important lizzo was to us and that's the thing it's like it's joy it's like like all those big gigs that are amazing are different emotions like girl band is a bit more anger and frustration being vented whereas like yeah pop shows are just pure joy it reminds me a little bit because me and Ashling dj a bit and not as much as i used to but it reminds me of like percolators, like a, the the cool DJ that you get to play whatever you want. But you get to do what you have to do weddings as well. Got to pay the bills, guys. And I used to kind of go like, oh, weddings is kind of annoying. But actually, I've learned to just be like, wow, everyone's having such a good time. I it's love like it. There's no better joy than putting on ABBA at a wedding and seeing everyone lose their fucking There shit. is no better joy. It's oh. amazing. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the DJ set at a wedding, the ABBA medley. Yeah, I once played three ABBA songs, and the uh, the the bride's father came up and said, "Play more ABBA." I was like, "Okay, well, I just played some," and he said, "I'm paying for this wedding. <laughs> Play more ABBA." Was it Bjorn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to get his royalties up. Uh, um, any more gigs you want to mention? <laughs> Is it weird that I just stick with uh, those two? Uh, do you know what? One, the most recent one, and it's my this person who was my album of the year. Uh, at Other Voices, I saw something that was just really beautiful. It was Anamika playing in the corner of a pub with her band. And I sat down an hour in hand before, because all the pubs are so busy down at Other Voices, and just got a comfortable seat. And the bar absolutely was completely jammed and um, and deathly silent. And I was like, this is really exactly what uh, something like Other Voices is about. It's my favorite type of show. But also I had a seat, so I was fine. <laughs> um, that was probably up there. 
Great. Um, I'll just run through my uh, list of favourite gigs uh, quickly. I had a really great time at Primavera. Just shout out to that festival. I thought it was uh, it was really great. Like it marketed itself as you know um, the new normal, a fifty fifty female male split, and hopefully that does become the norm. And it's not something that we need to shout about. Can I just say that it's a uh, it's not a hard thing to do. Not a hard thing to do. <laughs> it's I not just, a hard thing it, to do, it, and it, it makes the festivals funner. Like yeah. I had so much. That's why there was so much pop music. And it was, it, I saw just wall to wall pop for the whole weekend, and yeah, I, it's I think not. It's, funny. Uh, it's it's a very if you if you listen to a varied amount of music, then it's the gender police coming for us for <laughs> trying to get a fifty fifty. <laughs> if you listen, if you open yourself up to to booking diverse lineups, then you'll book them. Yeah, and that's my mantra of the year. Saying that, I've looked at my top five and they're all male. <laughs> That's Get okay. You can, you can enjoy men too, Owen. <laughs> Number five was Kojak. Oh, Cleveland's. another man. It was, uh, <laughs> it was the one-year anniversary of the release of his Delhi Daydream show. And so uh, I've seen him, I think, five times in six months or something. Yeah, I really enjoyed him at It Takes a Village as well. It was my first time seeing him and it was just, they're, they're such a lovely bunch of boys. Yeah, and it's great just seeing like a room full of people um, just getting into one of the albums of 2018. And he's someone who's just seems like the sky's limit for him now. He's sold out a couple of dates on his UK tour. Almost seems to be no bother. He supported Slow Tie as well across uh, the UK and Europe. So uh, yeah, Kojak is going to be uh, great. I saw After Clang at Live at St. Luke's yes, at 4pm. Yes, that was on my long list as well, the longer list. 4pm on a Saturday afternoon and uh, it was just sensational. They were playing their new album that hadn't even been released yet and it's all in Danish. So straight away you say that and you're like, I don't know if this will be, you know, if you're trying to explain to someone, but there was just magic in the air. Or something. Mm. They just create such. Uh, I think Casper and the rest of them as well, but Casper in particular is so good at creating a connection with people. Like you know, there was that bit at the end where he like walked down the aisle oh, and he man. made the whole crowd sing with him, and he was looking people in the eye. And it's a very, they're very genuine people, and I think they it really comes across in their music. Yeah, it was definitely like I, f- I forgot to mention a while ago, but it, it was definitely one of my favorite shows of the year as well. Yeah, I think that was the standout gig of what was a really really great weekend around uh, Cork City did. as well. Uh, I have a couple of Fontaine's gigs as well I saw them at Vickers Street which is great their homecoming show um, the songs just sound great they did a double set of uh, Liberty Bell into Boys in the Betterland which I thought was just a great 8 or 9 minutes I think Green is such an exciting front man but also he did look a little tired I think the band looked a little tired just because they have had uh, an unbelievable unbelievably busy year of traveling as well so i hope they get a little bit of rest over christmas because they're going to be releasing a new album in 2020 a beach boys to... influenced yeah i don't um, know if i'd um is that, is that what they're saying now uh that's what i read the, yeah, the, the new beach songs boys. aren't really beach boys-esque but they were recorded in california so i think okay. you kind of got to say that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, beach boy what's uh what's california beach boys ca or sorry <laughs> fontaine ca fontaine ca <laughs> beach boys ca <laughs> Uh, so I love that set. Um, I also loved uh, seeing Fontaine's DC support girl band in Brussels as well in this really, really great venue called La Botanique. Which I is really want to go there. It's a really wide venue. I think the capacity of it was only about 600. So it was great. There was loads of Irish people there and it was just uh, cool seeing like the, the energy just swell in the room and everybody just kind of uh, come together. Or if you're a uh, Brido Dundavant, leave after one 
on. Um, <laughs> Good woman breeds. <laughs> uh, and Vampire Weekend at Trinity was my gig of the year because... Really? Wow. Yeah, I came to this Vampire Weekend album quite late, uh, a couple of months after it got released, because I listened to it first and I was just like, I don't get this at all. But then this life just uh, weaseled its way into my life and just wouldn't leave. And I just think that's it's my song of the year. Uh, I think it's just got this really, really great summer hook. And I'd never seen them live before. They're one of those bands who I loved like more than 10 years ago at this stage. So they were a band who I was just so excited to finally see live and they played over two hours and uh, it was just the sun was going down and they were just playing loads and loads of the old stuff and they just have so many great call and response tracks and this life was amazing. Personally, thought it was too early in the set, should have ended on it, but look. They've really aged well. <coughs> like when you, if I, if you were to Even go their back. faces, you know. Well, they've the, definitely well, aged well. Well, they have lost Rostam, who actually recorded that Claro album that I mentioned earlier. Um, okay. They, uh, she did a Song Exploder uh, podcast where she's talking about uh, the first song on the album, which is a really, really great listen. But they lost Rostam and they got this new guy who's the most, he's, he's, he's huge. Like, you know, he's really big. He wears shorts all the time and he has this shocking pink guitar as well and he's just they he's also class. have Greta as well in the band don't they was there was there a woman playing with them then um yeah there was keyboard. one or two on keyboards Thunberg yeah, <laughs> yeah. no not Greta Thunberg sorry <laughs> Greta he used to be in one of my favorite bands as a teenager called the Hush Sound um and you all can go out there and judge me for that they were like this like indie band that were signed shout out to MySpace uh, <laughs> they were signed by um DK Dance god this is i actually know i'm gonna no i won't I'll st- i won't stop uh yeah she was she was like so they vampire weekend did enter the road last year and they were the headliners on one of the days and i was like walking down and i passed greta on the on the footpath and i actually was like oh my god <laughs> i got a bit starstruck so yeah yeah shout out to greta can i give one shout out as well to a very important festival this year that i forgot to talk about which is open ear um it was my because i went last year for the day um this year i got to go for uh thursday friday saturday i ran away on sunday evening because it was uh it was all too much it was just uh i was like i need to i need to get out of here because i've enjoyed myself enough um it's awesome i think i'm 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 sad to hear the open air taking the year off next year but i'm also like very happy for them because i feel like it's a good thing for them to take a break and all learn how to be friends again <laughs> you know when you're not that they're not friends but like you know when you're working on a festival with people it, it's nice to you need a break from oh hey Keenan <laughs> it's nice to remember how your <laughs> how your friends and yeah, we you know. know we know uh, but uh, I had such a fun weekend I saw every set I saw was incredible I feel like everyone who played that festival played the best their best gig of the year uh, Sign it was an amazing uh, Cork producer DJ fucking incredible uh woven skull like playing at like three in the morning or something like that was it was insane and then afterwards they did a dj set where they played ass everywhere by big frida like four or five times because everyone every time they they weren't playing it everyone in the crowd was like ass everywhere ass everywhere ass <laughs> until they Sounds started like playing and um, again <laughs> it was it was just beautiful um and i got to meet like so many people who i've literally only known from on their online presence and it was like it was it was really such a gorgeous healing weekend i'm really going to miss it in my year next year but i'm very excited for 2021 initially i feel like if they put the tickets on sale for 2021 now they would be sold out wow so but we're excited about 2020 as well 
But there's no open year in 2020. As in just, just mus- the music world in 2020. No, I'm just going to wait until open You're year in 2021. Year, okay. I'm just going to keep my eyes and ears closed. Cool. Well, uh, thanks a lot. Hopefully an annual tradition of uh, Christmas Roundup with Keelan and Ashling on the point of everything. Thanks um, for having us. Yeah. Should we s- can we sing our Fontaine's version of Eiffel 65 as the outro of your podcast? I mean, if you must. All right, this is the outro. Bye, everybody. I, I, do I know what we're doing? One, two, three. Oh, I'm blue, da ba dee ba ba doy. If I was green, I would die. I'm blue. And and girl band. I'm blue, da ba dee da ba doy. Da ba dee da ba doy. Da ba dee da da. I'm blue. Can we do it? Who do you want to do one? No. <laughs> This is this has been a fun game and the point of everything podcast. Happy Christmas, everybody! Happy, Happy Christmas. Christmas. <laughs>